If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3 and verse 5. Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5, a very familiar portion of Scripture that we find here. Proverbs 3, 5, and it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. I titled this message this morning, Written and Directed by God the Father. And it's just coincidence how, how Pastor made a reference uh, uh, Sunday morning uh, in regards to leave the gun, take the cannoli. Because <laughs> that's the format that I used for this morning's title. <laughs> uh, so, many, so many great sayings from that movie. <laughs> I want to read this, though. I want to read this. It's, it's concerning film directors. A film director controls a film's artistic and dramatic aspects and visualizes the screenplay or script while guiding the technical crew and actors in the fulfillment of that vision. The director has a key role in choosing the cast members, production design, and the creative aspects of film making. Now I wanted to read that because that's what I want to get at in reference to God being the director over our lives and why it is important for you and I to allow God to direct our lives. Proverbs 16, verse 25 says this. It says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would take over this morning, that it be your words, not mine, that I would be just a mouthpiece, Lord, for you to bring life, direction, healing, salvation. Father, we thank you for your word. We love your word, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to submit our lives unto you, unto the director this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. The church says, amen. Amen. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. See, so you and I, we cannot afford to be on the wrong path. You can't afford it. Not only does it lead us astray, the Bible says, but it also leads to death. So we see that it is vital for us to stay on the right path, for us to allow God to direct our lives. That's why the writer of Psalm 119, verse 133 says this, Direct my footsteps according to your word. He prays this prayer, Lord, direct my footsteps according to your word, not according to my feelings, Right? How many have been led astray by their, by their own feelings? All the time. But the writer says, no, direct me, Lord, according to your word. I want you to be the director over my life. Because not only have you, are you directing it, but you have written it. How many know that God has written what we see today? God knows what's going to happen. Nothing is a surprise to God Almighty. I want you to know that. 
He is not surprised by anything because he already knows what's going to happen. And he already has it written out. Every person must make a decision whether to live his or her life according to personal preference or according to the word of God. God has written us into creation. With our existence, he has given us great purpose. Jesus speaks to his disciples in John 15, verse 16. He says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Remember that? You didn't choose me, I chose you. This brings some to question, uh, am I chosen by God? Well, let's look at what Paul writes in 1 Timothy 2, verse 4. See, if you need answers to any questions, go to God's word. Go to God's word. You know, it's good, it's good to, to, to go to, to, to so-and-so as well, but go to God's word first. You need direction. You need, a, you need to know what God says. So what does, God's, what does God's word say in regards to the question of, am I chosen by God? 1 Timothy 2, verse 4 says this, God desires all people. Say that with me, all people. That means none are left out of that equation, correct? Yes, all means all. God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So when Jesus says, you didn't choose, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Some people say, well, then I have no choice in the matter. Yes, you do. You see, God chose you, but you have the choice to accept or reject. Who, who, who did God choose, or who did Jesus choose as his disciples? Well, one of them was Judas Iscariot. Remember that guy? The guy that betrayed Jesus in the end? The guy that, that couldn't live with himself, so he killed himself? Remember that guy? He was one of Jesus' disciples, one of the 12 disciples, yet he betrayed Jesus. But Jesus chose him. Judas had a choice. Judas had a choice that was his and his alone. Do I accept or do I reject? See, that alone tells you right there that we each have a choice. Yes, Jesus, yes, God has chosen you. God has chosen everyone to be saved. But it's up to you to say yes or no. It's up to you to say, yes, Lord, I receive salvation. I desire it for my life. Or you can say, God, I don't need you. The choice is ours. Don't ever forget that. Solomon encourages us to trust in the Lord. Good relationships are built on trust, amen? You need to build your relationships upon trust. Ask yourself this question, can God trust me? Do it. Ask yourself that question, can God trust me? If you've read God's word, you know that God has called us to be wise managers. Of what? Managers of time, managers of giftings, abilities, managers of, of finances, managers of relationships. Many other things that God has entrusted you and I to be managers of. The question lies this morning is, can God trust you? You need to ask yourself this question. I must ask myself this question. Can God trust me? 
Am I being faithful and wise in what He has given to me? Look at what God does for the individual who proves themselves to be trustworthy. We find this in Matthew 25, verse 23. And he says this, he says, good work. Oh, man, good work, he says. You have been faithful over this small amount, so now I will give you much more. Wow. This is what God does for those who are, who are wise managers. He says, because you have been faithful with the little, because you are faithful with what I have given to you and I have entrusted you with, I am going to give you more. How many of you want more time? Oh, everyone does, right? I don't think anyone here wants less time. You want more time. 24 hours in a day just isn't enough. We heard, we heard Pastor Tony speak on that. How women think that there's, what, what did he say, there's, there's 40 hours in the day? <laughs> Something like that. Some of us wish we had more time. We look in the mirror and we wish we had more time. <laughs> that time has passed. But God's word says, if you are wise with your time, guess what? I will give you more. Ooh, that's an awesome thing. And you say, well, how can God give you, how can God give me more than 24 hours in the day? Well, you know what? I'm going to go a different route, but I still believe that God can give you more than 24 hours in the day. Why? Because he's God. But I'm going to go a different route. But I think with God, all things are possible. <laughs> God can give you more than 24 hours in a day. Because he can do all things. But what he can do is that because you are a wise manager of your time, you can be more effective in the time that you have, and those days seem longer because you're being more effective and because you're using it wisely. So there's different ways in how God blesses your life and how he gives you more. Your finances, if you're, if you're wise with the finances that you have, God's going to give you more. Why? Because you can be trusted. You can be a person who can be trusted. This is important for you and I. We have to value this. We have to treasure this. God, can God trust me? You need to ask yourself this question and really self-evaluate. Honestly, don't lie. Answer it honestly. Can God trust me? See, it significantly benefits you and I to be trustworthy. What does that mean? Deserving of trust. We have to be deserving of trust. I mean, like we have to earn trust, right? It isn't just given. You have to earn it. And God has to see that you are deserving of trust. What have you done in order for me to trust you? David writes this about God in Psalm 9, verse 10, and he says, Those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. See, God will not forsake those who trust in him. God has written this beautiful story of love and reconciliation. That's what it's all about. Look at creation. It's a story of love. And it's also a story of reconciliation. Why? Because of sin, sin separated man from God, and guess what had to happen? There had to be, there had to be some, some reconciling taking place. 
we had to be reconciled with our Father. Because sin separated us. And so this is what took place in the Bible. It's a story of love and reconciliation. That's what it's all about. God giving you and I an opportunity to make things right with him. That's a beautiful story. God could have just said, you know what? You, you did this to yourself. Now suffer the consequences. He could have did that very easily. He could have wrote that script. But that isn't the script that he wrote. Instead, he wrote a much different script. Instead, he wrote a much more beautiful story that you and I would have the opportunity to make things right. That you and I could have and experience a beautiful relationship with God the Father. It's what he desired. It's what he wanted. And so he wrote it. Psalm 125 verse 1 says, Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Do you want to be a stable person? Do you? Yes? Well, then trust in God. If you want to be stable in your life, trust in the Lord. Trust in Him. Trust in Him in everything. We need to understand the, the importance. You and I need to know the importance of trusting in God. The Bible says that the Israelites failed to enter the promised land because of their unbelief. They didn't believe in God's protection. They didn't believe that God would help them conquer the giants in the land. What if God is holding back blessings from you and I because of unbelief? That's a scary thought this morning. Mark 9, 14 in chapter 9, it says, Lord, I believe, help me with my unbelief. This is what you and I need to pray this morning as well. Lord, help me with any unbelief. Lord, I want to believe in you, and I want to trust in you completely. This morning, let's look at some key points about God that allows you and I to trust him. Number one is that he is truthful. God is truthful. John 17, 17 says this, sanctify them in the truth. He says, your word is truth. You see, our feelings don't define truth. God's word defines truth. Amen? His word is truth. Our feelings only echo what our mind perceives. So we must ask God to purify our perceptions of his truth and transform our feelings so that they are in sync with the truth. We must pray what David prayed in Psalm 25, verse 5. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. See, when you and I, need a, when you and I come to this place of, of, of can I trust God, God is truthful. He is true to his word. He is truth. We know that this is hard to find these days. Society will say that this is truth and this is truth. And, 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 and what, you know, what, what day is it? It's Sunday. Oh, today's Sunday. This is truth. And then Monday will be something different. No wonder why 
we can get so messed up and confused because, it's for, because truth in this world is forever changing. But God's word stands true from beginning to end. It stands true. Why? Because it is truth. You got to understand that concept, church. When God says that he is truth, when he says that he is love, when he says he is all these things, you got to really grasp that concept there. Because I know, I know maybe our, our, our minds can only go so far in, in understanding what he's saying here. But we need to really focus when he says, I am. I am. There's power in those two words. There's power in those two words. I am. Because he is. Not only is he truthful, but God is reliable. God is reliable. What does that mean that God always comes through for us? He always comes through for you and I. His timing may not be according to our timing, but somehow he is always on time. It's always the right timing in our lives for us to grow spiritually in our faith. When God opens a door, when God answers that prayer, when God changes circumstances in our lives, it's always at the right time for us to grow. Because that's what God wants for our lives, right? He wants us to grow. How many of you, parents, you don't want your children to grow? All right, I'll give you this. Well, maybe, maybe you see other teenagers and you think, I don't want them to become a teenager. <laughs> I'll give you that one. But we all as parents want our children to grow. We want them to grow physically. We want them to grow in knowledge. We want them to grow in maturity. Amen? Yes? There should have been a big shout right there. <laughs> we want them to grow. God seeks for us to grow. And everything he does, his timing is always for the purpose of our growth. The Bible says it's for our good, right? Remember that? Everything that he does is for our good. What does that mean? That means our growth. For us to grow in him, grow in our faith, grow uh, uh, in, 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 how, in, in how our foundation is built upon him. We grow, we become more stable. We grow, we become more mature. As a pastor, what I seek for you is to be mature Christians, mature believers. No longer should you be needing just the basics, but you need to grow in your understanding of who God is. And he does this through experiences and in many other uh, areas in your life. But God expects growth in our lives. He's reliable. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1.9, he says, God will surely do this for you, for he always does just what he says. In him, being reliable, it also means that he is 
faithful. He's faithful to forgive us. He's faithful to be with us. He's faithful to direct us. He's faithful to have written our names in the Lamb's book of life. See, God is consistent to his character. What are some of his attributes? Well, we know this in Galatians. uh, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me say that again. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are just some of God's attributes. This is just some of his character of who he is. And God is consistent to his character. He does not waver away from it. If it says he is kind here, then God's going to remain kind. If it says he is faithful, guess what? He's going to remain faithful. He cannot go against his own character. Because he is these things. I'm bringing you back, remember? He is these things. This is who he is. He cannot be anything apart or different from this. Remember who God was for Joseph throughout his entire, throughout his life. Who was God for Joseph? What was, what was he doing in Joseph's life? Well, every, every encounter that Joseph had, every wrongdoing that was done to Joseph, the Bible says that Joseph had God's favor. Remember that? Every, every injustice that was done to Joseph, it wasn't even his fault. He just found himself in this predicament. But the Bible says God was always with him. His favor followed him from the palace all the way to prison. God's favor followed him. And this is what God does for you and I. Why? Because he's reliable. You can rely on God. That's a beautiful thing this morning. You and I need to fully understand that you can rely on God. You can rely on him. Man, that should excite you this morning. Next here is that he is able. I love this part. I love this part. He is able. I want you to close your eyes this morning. Close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. Close your eyes. And I want you to say this. Lord, you are able. Keep your eyes closed. Keep your eyes closed. Don't think about anything else right now. I want you to say, Lord, you are able. Say it again. Lord, you are able. Say it again. Lord, you are able. I want you to open your eyes. I'm telling you right now, God is able. God is able. I don't know what is, I don't know what you're going through right now in your life, but God is able. And you need to speak this over your life. The most intimate moments that I have with God is when my eyes are closed. Why? Because there's no distractions. Because I'm not, I'm not seeing this or that or, 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 or them. I'm not seeing all of these things. My eyes are closed. And I'm just focusing on God. 
These are the times when I feel, when I feel that my eyes are most open. I don't know if you fully understand that, but I do. Those times when my eyes are closed and I'm praying and I'm seeking God and I'm declaring his goodness and his faithfulness, these are the times where I see the clearest in my life. I even have crazy thoughts sometimes that, God, you should have you had me born blind so that I don't have to be distracted by all of these things. It's true. But this is what you and I need to understand, that he is able. He is able. It's not a question. It's a statement. Matthew 9, 27 says this. It says, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able? Say it with me. He is able. He says, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened. You and I need to believe, church, that God is able. You need to believe it. You need to believe it, and you need to declare it over your life. Whatever it is right now that you're going through, God is able. Whatever circumstance you're facing right now, God is able. Whatever, whatever healing that you may need in your body right now, God is able. Whatever, whatever is coming against you in your life, God is able. Whatever, whatever your marriage is facing right now, God is able. Whatever your children are doing right now, they're acting crazy, they're acting a fool, God is able. God is able to do all things. And you need to believe that. See, because he's going to come to you when you pray and you say, God, I need you to do this in my life. and I need, you to, I need you to move in this situation. And he's going to ask you, he's going to ask you, he's going to say, do you think that I am able? He's going to ask you that question and it's going to be up to you to answer. When you pray to God, God, move in this situation. Well, do you believe that I am able? And you say yes. And God is going to move just like he did with this blind person. He's going to move in your life. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now to him who is able, say that with me, he is able, to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to his power that is at work within us. Wow, God, God's power at work within your life. Wow, that's, that's powerful. Supernatural. That is supernatural power at work in your life. When you and I believe that he is able, we can have confidence in him. So God wants us to lean not on our own understanding. There are so many things in life that we do not understand. Did you know that science has yet to figure out why we yawn? Did you know that? That science has yet to figure out the biological factors behind us sleeping, why we need sleep. Did you know that? They don't even know why you need sleep. <laughs> That's crazy to think about. They don't know why we yawn. They don't know why a cat purrs. Isn't that crazy? But who created that? God did. 
Man cannot figure out fully God's creation. We can't. Why? Because it is supernatural. We live in the natural. God lives in the supernatural. So there are things that we are just not going to understand. This is why you and I cannot lean on your own understanding. Imagine if we believed only the things that we do understand. (laughs) Can you imagine that? We would find ourselves in a world of trouble if we lean on our own understanding. Worrying and stressing on things that don't even happen, living on misconceptions. See, you and I have a desperate desire to understand. But in so many areas in our life, we need to acknowledge that there's some things that we just won't understand. We got to come to that realization and that you and I just need to trust God. Because we're not going to understand everything, we need to trust God. The Bible calls this faith. The Bible calls this faith. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. In 1 Kings 17, we read about Elijah, how God sent Elijah to a certain village to meet with a certain widow, and that this widow was going to, he was going to ask this widow to provide food and drink for him because he was in need, and that she was going to provide. And so Elijah goes to this widow in this town, and he, and he asked her for, 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 uh, for, some, for some drink, right? He's thirsty. She says, yes, yes, I can do that. And then he asked her for food. And the widow said this. She said, look, look, I can, I can give you something to drink, but I only have enough food for one more meal for me and my son. And after this meal, I have nothing left. This is all I have. One last meal. Elijah says, well, God told me to tell you, just go prepare that bread for me. Just go prepare it. And when you prepare that for me, prepare it for you and for your son as well. And the Lord says that when you do that, that your food will continue many days until the rain comes and provides the food from the crops. God will provide for you until that time when the crops have provided for you guys. So she did it. And the Bible says that as she prepared that bread for Elijah, just as the Lord instructed her to do, that her and her son did eat until that time came. Glory to God. Why? Because she didn't lean on her own understanding. She didn't sit there and think, oh, you know what, I, I really, uh, I'm on the fence on this one. I really, I want to help you out, but we're going to die. Like, this doesn't make any sense. She could have leaned on her own understanding, but instead she did it. And what happened? God provided. What happened? God was true to his word. See, God sees the whole picture while you and I just see a tiny corner of it. 
to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. It means that we can't place our own right to understand above his right to direct our lives the way he sees fit. God, you should do it this way. No, God is the director. I don't know how it works on, on movie plots, but I don't think the actors tell the director what to do. Like I said, I've never been on one, but I'm assuming that the director runs the show. He tells everyone what he wants. He gives them the vision. He makes changes if, if need be. And this is what God desires for you and I to allow him to do. There's going to be times where God needs to make some changes. There's going to be times when God says, you know what? I'm going to call, I'm going to, I'm going to, I need you to do this. I know, I know you really focused on this over here. I know you are. Believe, believe me, I know. But I need you to be over here. I need you to say this. Lord, but I already have my script. I've already thought about it. I know, I know. It was good, but I got something that's better. I have something that's, that's going to benefit you. And this is what God seeks to do in our lives. When the Bible tells us in this verse not to lean on our own understanding, it's not encouraging us to be irrational. The Bible doesn't put up a wall of separation between our intellect and faith. Let's get that straight. In fact, the book of Proverbs speaks very highly of understanding, where it says, incline your heart to understanding. It says, raise your voice for understanding. Understanding will guard you. Blessed is the one who gets understanding. So if we're supposed to get understanding, then why are we not supposed to lean on it? What we're told not to lean on is our own understanding. Meaning conclusions that we come to that are primarily based on our own perceptions. I mean, we, we do this a lot. Why? Because our own understanding simply will not bear the full weight of reality. It was never intended to. In exercising faith, we're not setting aside our intellect. We're resting our intellect upon the intellect of God. That's what you and I are doing. Lastly here, as our worship team goes forward uh, this morning, see if you will trust God and keep on moving in faith, even when you don't see a way, God will make a way. Do you remember when the Israelites were being chased by the Egyptian army, by Pharaoh? And they faced the Red Sea, and there was nowhere else to go. Sink or swim, right? That was, that was, those were the only two options, sink or swim. 
Or maybe they will stand there and fight too. Three options. But there was no way for them to get away from the Egyptian army. What did God do? He made a way where there was no way. And what did he do? He parted that sea. You remember that? Remember that? And you think, well, that was, that was awesome. That's an awesome story. But that was back then. That surely couldn't happen now. Why not? I asked the question, why not? I thought we served the same God that, that was back then. I thought we served the same God now. I thought he wasn't changing. I thought if he was powerful then, then he's all powerful now. I thought that if he can do all things back then, then he can do all things right now. Let's stop limiting what God can do in our lives. Let's, not, let's stop placing these limitations on what God can do. Because God parted a Red Sea. He parted an actual sea. And some may think, well, that's crazy. That can't be done. My God can do it. My God can do it. You can call me crazy, but I call you crazy for not believing that there is a God. How can you look at all this creation and look in the mirror and see what God created and say that there was no God? And say that it was all, that it all came to be by an explosion. You gotta be kidding me. You're out of your mind. But God wants to bring truth. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. I don't mean to talk bad about anyone. God wants to bring truth in your life. God wants to bring understanding. God wants to save you. Salvation is for everybody. It's for everybody. And I need you to know this morning that there is a God and God loves you. He cares for you. He wants better for your life. He wants, he wants your, 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 your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children to be blessed. This is what he desires for your life. I'll tell you right now, the world desires to take everything from you. What more can I get from so-and-so? That's the world's mentality. What more can I take from them? But God says, I want to bring things into your life. I want to fill you with blessings. I want to fill you with more time. The world wants your time. God wants to give you more time. The world wants all of, all of everything that you have, and God says, I want to give you more. I want to give you more. The world wants to take your joy and take your peace, and God says, no, I am joy, I am peace. If you come to me, you will not be lacking. You gotta see things for what it is, church. God wants you to acknowledge him. Acknowledge him, 1 Corinthians 28, 9, I'll close with this. It says, in you, my son Solomon. David writes, he says, in you, my son Solomon, Acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with 
wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. He says, my son, acknowledge the God of your father. Acknowledge him. Not only believing in him, but knowing him, being a friend of God, appreciating him. Acknowledge him in the good, in the bad. Acknowledge him in your workplace. Acknowledge him in your marriage. Acknowledge him in your relationships, in your children, uh, in your speech, in your thoughts, in your actions. Acknowledge God in all areas of your life. God has written this beautiful story, and he is directing it. The Bible says he seeks for all to come to salvation all to come to salvation. No one is left out. God says, but it's up to you. It's up to you. Do you want it? Do you want it? The choice is yours. I'm not going to force it. Let's trust in the Lord and allow him to direct our lives once and for all. Amen. Let's give God praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. Does every head is bowed, every eye closed.